From the mind of a former 320-pound alcoholic and fast food junkie turned accomplished ultra runner, sober warrior, plant-based athlete, and happiness guru, it's the DC Perspective. Here is David Clark. Welcome. My name's David Clark, and glad you guys are tuning in today. Hopefully, you're having a happy Saturday. And uh, in the studio with me is our legacy guest, my daughter, Emily Clark. Say hi, Emily. Hi. You are the legacy guest. You've been here for every single episode. Every single one. There's like an a implied pressure now for you to continue <laughs> yeah, to do that. We'll have to even have you like call in once you go off to college and everything. Yeah, hopefully. And how, was school, how was school today? Good? Stressful. Oh, stressful. Wow, you're, you're finaling and stuff. Finals are coming up, yeah. Boy, I don't miss that. <laughs> We're going to talk a little bit today. Actually, I wanted to mention something real quick, too, because um, I usually uh, get so uh, wrapped up in whatever it is we're talking about that I forget to mention at the end, um, that uh, you can tune in and check out um, on my podcast, the We Are Superman podcast. We go into depth on a lot of these these topics, and I have guests in, and uh, you know we'll, we'll spend some time to really dig into some issues, so... Um, if you want to kind of join us for that, feel free to do that. It's on SoundCloud. You can go to SoundCloud slash We Are Superman and check that out. And uh, you can always go to my website as well, WeAreSuperman.com, and there's a podcast tab on there. It keeps you, keeps you up to date on what's going on. But I wanted to um, uh, spend some time talking about – initially, I wanted to talk about this concept of, of how – self-mastery is the kind of the most radical and positive way to create change in our communities. And um, interestingly enough, um, the timing was pretty good because there's just been this like world or wildfire whirlwind of, of politics going on. And that that never ends, of course, um, but uh, specifically just kind of been landing on on my own Twitter feed and my own Instagram and stuff like that. And, you know, I love politics, you know, just as much as anybody. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I certainly have my own uh, my own ideas and my own and, I, and my own convictions. But I typically steer away from politics in general because I know how heated it is. I know how how kind of crazy people can get with mm-hmm. it. And, and, you know, hey, I'm all for that. I'm all for you know, great discussion. But um, it's interesting because it really seems like now more than ever, um, politics has become like the Yankees versus the Red Sox. Yeah, people get insane. Yeah, and it's like, but in in uh, it's cool when you're, you know, when you're passionate about something. It definitely has that draw your passions in. Yeah, but like, at least from my standpoint, yeah. and this is weird coming from a high school student, because usually awesome. we don't have very much political views, but... It's more of a competition than it is like sharing your opinion. Absolutely. And, you know, it occurred to me as I was watching, I was kind of watching the news, getting my daily kind of, um, you know, dose of of what's happening in the world. And, you know, just kind of the if anyone's curious, I'll state it out there for the record. And so no one has to guess. I'm I'm kind of a libertarian guy. I'm, I'm a pure libertarian with a capital L. I'm a. You know, personal responsibility, small government guy, but I do believe in um, everyone's right to pursue their own life, and and um, you know, I, I want a clean environment, you know, to live in. I, I want the same things that everybody else wants. I want um, racial equality, and I, I I love to see you know women's rights and equality and and all of these things, um, racial equality and and all of those things, but. Um, I just haven't totally given myself into the idea that um, just because I believe what the right way to get there is, that that is the right way for everyone to believe. Exactly. So I kind of leave that open, but it, it's funny. So what I do is like, 
um, in the morning, I'll, I'll look at my Twitter feed, see what's kind of going on, and uh, I never engage in the debates. But then I kind of go Fox News, and I go CNN, and I just kind of see what all the talking heads are saying back and forth. And um, it, it reminded me of watching, like, as growing up as in New York, being a New York sports fan, I would watch the Yankees play. And, you know, you're watching a play, say there's a close play at first base, right? And they're going to the instant replay. Yeah. And if I'm watching the the Yes Network, the Yankees Entertainment Sports Network, and I'm listening to the play-by-play guys and they're like, oh, he is out. It is clear he was out. The, the throw beat him unequivocally. They're going to overturn this call. And then you switch over to the Nesson, the New England Sports Network, and it's the opposite, right? They're like, oh, my God, he was safe. He was safe by a whole half a step. And that's the way it's kind of become, right? Like yeah. everyone's cheering for their side, you know, th- kind of throwing away their their critical thinking hats in favor of fandom, you know? It's a rivalry. It, it, ah, so well put. It, it is a rivalry. And, you know, there's so much, I, I'm not, I, I know the value of political debate, right? I'm not someone yeah. that says we should shy away from from debate. But I think when we when we lose the ability to actually listen to other people, you know, we've we've kind of lost what what the whole point is, you know, exactly. and, and the general respect for each other, I think. So what do you see in high school? What do you see <laughs> politics in high school? What does that look like? So um, being an IB student, we take very in-depth like U.S. government classes where we're learning about each of the parties. And in there, you kind of get to see each student's side. Mm-hmm. And we have actual debates in class. Oh, interesting. Which we ha- the teacher has to rile down because the two sides are just going at each other. And I'm all, me and my friends are always just kind of in the back watching it just fall apart because eating the popcorn and watching the carnage, like actually screaming and getting so into it, and it's it's so weird to watch because it's the same thing that. If you go to the rivalry football game, you'll see that happening between the crowds. You know, I'm fascinated by that. There's a part of me that, I mean, I love that. I love that we actually have heated debate and exchange even at the high school level. But, um, you know, the other part of me wonders, like, you know, where where are they getting their information? Do you feel like these are issues that the kids are really invested in and, and speak well to? Or do you feel it's more like they're kind of repeating something they heard somewhere else? It, it definitely seems more of like, I'm going to argue what my, my mom and dad told right. me that is right. Right. So what do you do? What is someone front? What would you say? I kind of, <laughs> I don't really go into that stuff. Just, Which you learned from me. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not a very confrontational person. Oh, right. And if somebody's going to argue with it, then yeah. like, you know, you go ahead. If you're so passionate about it, then I'm going to tell you that you're right. What well, does beg the point, right? Because I believe, you know, and I could be way off base here, but I honestly believe that most people, even my, my most, uh, um, you know, passionate political friends, um, the ones who get really emotional, really riled up, um, they're not like that outside of politics. You know what I mean? I mean, they might yeah. be passionate, but they're not they're not confrontational and they and they, they can kind of let someone else's opinion coexist with theirs, even if they they disagree. You know what I mean? But politics, for whatever reason, is um, can bring out that that the side where we just people, yeah. well, it's it's just we shut down. You know, we it's it's I, I wouldn't change anything about someone's. Um, passionate beliefs, I would only, if I could, um, you know, just open it up to where you're listening, because ultimately, it's the truth we're searching for, right? We all, we all want society to progress, we all want equality, we all want access of opportunity, we all want these things. And when we kind of um, adapt the philosophy that we want those and other people don't, that's when we shut down. But when we kind of approach it with that, like, well, what can I because the truth should be the guide, right? Like, I don't care if, 
if the um, the idea has a D or an R attached to it, I care that we're moving from my own political beliefs towards smaller government, personal responsibility, because that's really the only way we can change. And that's bringing it back to the topic of the episode that self-mastery, that's the way to get radical change. I mean, to me, that is the greatest potential we have to change our society and to move it forward. Well, yeah. Voting is great and we have to do it. It's super, super important. But your chances of inflicting real change from your vote, if you isolate that one vote, is small compared to what you can do by implementing the beliefs you already have in your yeah. own life. And that's, you know, kind of obvious, but somehow yeah. we miss the most obvious things, right? Um, you know, I, I had this uh, um, this thing happen on Twitter that I wanted to talk about real quickly because it was a dear friend of mine. And actually, you, you know Luke Robitaille and Stacey Robitaille. And uh, we stayed at their house yeah, whenever we go to LA. Very, very kind people. Amazingly kind, nice people. And and Stacia put something out on her Twitter feed that was about our president. And and she and I don't always have the same exact views on politics, but we have a tremendous amount of love and respect for each other. But she put something out that was just her own kind of personal experience um, of a, a brief encounter she had with with the president in in the early '90s at Madison Square Garden, and it made some national news. And I'm not going to really go into it too too much. What it was, I'm sure you can find it out there if you're really curious. But she just was was saying um, something that happened to her, and all, all of a sudden, these people jumped out of the woodwork, started attacking, her. and and brutally attacking yeah. her. You know, to to the point where I wouldn't I, so personally that, and I immediately took offense to it, and. Um, I, I think I commented on there that um, this post literally makes the Buddhist in me <laughs> turn the reins over to the MMA fighter in me and, you know, like, hey, do you want to go a couple rounds, you know? <laughs> and, and uh, you know, I said that kind of half as a joke, but I did I did feel like, um, you know, I felt like that was uh, bullying in the very truest sense, you know? Yeah, because it wasn't even really a political view. It was just a personal story. Exactly. And people took so much offense from it. And, you know, the guy that you confronted, like, he was just going off on her for some story that he had nothing to do with. Yeah. And and you know what? I mean, it's it's people hide under the protection of, of anonymity, right? Like, probably this person wouldn't do that in real life. But since politics were involved and since his feathers got ruffled a little bit, he felt the need to do that. And that's exactly my point. That is exactly my point that when when our initial reaction, let's face it, it's not the most intelligent, greatest thinkers of our time who are the people that you see or remember uh, arguing really emotionally, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, in fact, quite the opposite. I remember seeing so many things where Einstein was confronted um, with different things. And it was always, well, I want to listen to what this person is saying so that I can see if there's any weight to it. Well, yeah, because if you're trying to put your view out there and the other person just gets very upset and heated about it, uh, uh, instantly your impression of this whole conversation is going to be like, whatever this is going to end up with is going to have a bias to it. Yeah. So then the other person's not even listening at their point. They're thinking of other counter arguments. All right. And so you're, so you're so, just yelling at a wall. Exactly. When there's really opportunity there. Hey, our, our founding fathers were incredibly, obviously passionate, right? There was, there was debate and, and, and conflict and fistfights on the floor. <laughs> but the biggest difference that I think I see is that 
back then there was this also mutual respect, right? Like even if I thought this person's idea was ridiculous, I had respect for the human being. So I had to temper that, right? Exactly. And they would go out. There's like this kind of picture of, you know, clashing debate. And then afterwards they would have dinner together and discuss it. They would make a table together. And they remind me of like what it's like in the MMA world, right? Like we we're training to fight, you know, and I'm just an amateur fighter, but but all the way from amateur reigns all the way up to to pros, they're they're training to fight, they're training to to kind of destroy each other. Yeah. But there's this this intimacy that comes from hey, we're we're competing together, we're we're clashing together to make a life for ourselves. So after it's over, we shake hands, we embrace, and we feel closer. And I think that that could apply in politics as well if we could let our ego out of the way. What do you think? Well, it, you know, going back to the whole fighting thing, you said there's that big fight that happened earlier this year and people were freaking out over the fact that they were like hugging and talking afterwards like what do you right yeah what do you expect to happen they wanted them they want they want the meat right yeah (laughs) that's so funny that's i just think you know my own uh since we're on the topic and i feel like i'd I'd be like taking the coward's way out if i didn't talk about a couple of the things that i i believe in (laughs) you know um but you know, I think that if we really want, everybody wants, in at the end of the day, right, like we're all, we all want the same thing. We all want a better life for our kids than we have for ourselves. We all want to move towards happiness. We all want fulfillment. We want to feel like we have meaning in our lives, right? It's and the way that we think we can get there, that's right. the difference. And we, can, we can't learn anything by listening to the people who agree with us, right? Like yeah. I think Thomas Jefferson said, it's one of my favorite quotes, that um, there's no truth that I wouldn't rather know than not know. And I think a lot of times we, today's society, we let the news do the thinking for us because we don't want to take that effort. And then we're almost kind of, I see this where we're almost afraid of confronting something that conflicts with our ideas because it, it, it touches that comfortable spot. Like I'm comfortable here with my beliefs and I don't want someone to challenge them when really, if your beliefs are the end all be all, then you should be okay with that because worst case you learn something. That's the that's the one thing that I love about the debates that we have is that afterwards we have to write an essay about the debate we had. But she, the teacher that I have, takes the side that you were on, and you have to write about the other side. Oh, I and like a that. A lot of people freak out about it because they're like, "Well, I don't know how to talk about that side. I don't believe in it." And it's like, "Well, right, you're gonna have to research it." And a lot of people come out of that being like, "Oh, well." They're not entirely stupid for thinking that way. (laughs) Not entirely. (laughs) But, you know, I I feel like we need to really stop. There's this almost kind of, um, uh, I don't know what to call it, like this this, um, self, it's not self-righteous, but this self-centered view on life that somehow other people- Hierarchy? Yeah, they're not as capable as we are somehow, right? Like that that the odds are stacked against everybody. And, And certainly- no matter who you are, you have odds stacked against you, right? I I would never diminish someone else's personal struggle. Just like I can never live in someone else's shoes, they can't live in mine. But I think we kind of have to toughen up a little bit as a society and stop telling people that they can't be happy because of whatever it is. You know, that we, we can't tell people, we can't get caught up in what needs to change and lose what we can change today, you know, because there's a lot we can change. We can all be happy. Well, how do you think that people can be better at accepting other people's views? You know, I, I think honestly, it comes from um, 
uh, uh, being comfortable with yourself. You know what I mean? When you, when you're comfortable in your own ideas, you know, when you're willing to confront yourself on your own ideas, um, and when you make that kind of commitment to yourself, that it's the truth ultimately that you're seeking, you kind of give yourself permission to step away from that. At least that's what I do. It's funny because, you know, I think I might've even talked about it here before, but we, you know, my friend Bobby and Bobby is a, a very passionate advocate for plant-based stuff. And, and he gets really upset when people won't listen to him, but he'll never listen to anyone else. So I want to make sure that my, the first thing I do whenever I'm engaging someone in p- politics is that I listen to them. You know, I, I just do them myself, that, that, that courtesy too. Have you ever seen like the friends you had arguing politics? How do they feel afterwards? People get riled up and they're yeah. angry and they're, they're, they don't feel good. No. They don't feel good. So like I have to protect my own commitment to happiness too, right? And arguing politics sucks. Yeah, well, after the (laughs) debates in class, you know, they leave that class and they're upset for the rest of the day. Yeah. Disgusting politics can be really cool. (laughs) But arguing stinks, (laughs) right? Because you're you're not going to take anything away from it except for... I'm right, they're wrong. Right, right. Well, I mean, the, the best way to, to win an argument, a political argument, right, is to not have it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but, and, you know, it's funny is that that's a skill, honestly, that I've learned in my own, you know, battles with, with my own personal demons and in, in going through drug and alcohol addiction, right? Like the arguments inside my head could put political debates to shame, you know? Like, yeah. Because well, you, you, when you're arguing with yourself, it's an it's a, a elusive opponent, you know, one that's you're never going to land a punch on. But, uh, you know, it, I think that, you know, that, that, that journey of self, if I'm, uh, there's a great story that I love that's about Gandhi and, you know, when, when his, um, uh, he was, this kid, there's like an eight year old kid and he was eating all kinds of junk food and his parents couldn't get him, get him to eat vegetables, couldn't get him to do anything healthy. And this lady, not knowing what else to do, took him to Gandhi and said, can you talk to my son? Can you talk to my son? And he said, sure, you know, I'll, I'll talk to your son. You know, what is it would you like me to, to say? She's like, well, I'd like to get him to at least stop eating sugar. And so he said, okay, um, come back in two weeks. So she brings her son back in two weeks, and Gandhi looks at the child, and he says, don't eat sugar. And then that's it. And then and the woman's like, well, that's awesome. Thank you very much. But why didn't you tell him that two weeks ago? And Gandhi said, because I was eating sugar two weeks ago. And he didn't, you know, I mean, the obvious part, right? What, what am I living in my own life compared to what I'm telling others? Because when we're talking about a lot of things and not living them, that creates a gap. And it creates a frustration gap. And then you're not coming from a real grounded place of authenticity. So you tend to want to protect that gap, right? Um, and that's, that's, that's a tough place, that's a tough place to, to believe or that, to live, rather. That's one of the things that I've, I've always noticed sitting back and watching those debates is that people are arguing them and arguing them. But if you ask them for why they think they're right, they can't really answer. Well, and again, you know, like I said, I, I have very strong political beliefs and, and I don't want to ever suggest that no one has the, those beliefs. But I think like, you know, we, we talk about healthcare and healthcare is such a, a hot topic right now, right? And and it doesn't matter. I was having this talk with a friend of mine who's who's definitely more um, on the other side of things. And and I told him, you know, the, the libertarian in me is is purely against any type of, you know, big socialized government run healthcare. healthcare. Um, I'm just kind of fundamentally ideologically opposed to that idea. But the other side of me is kind of like, okay, you know, let me let me back away from that and see if I can understand something from from where he's coming from and and i think you know okay well god we spend a lot of money on on uh, we waste a lot of money in government and 
you know, yeah, I guess providing health care for people from the tax dollars we collect seems like a good thing. But on the, it, it's that thing that the concept of it I, I can buy into a little bit, but I just have no real belief that that's achievable, right? That, and that's, to me, the ultimate thing is tempering it, right? Like I would challenge my own idea on that. If you could show me how to do it, I'm in. You know what I mean? And it's and it's that place where I, if you're not willing to confront your own beliefs, and there's been other times conversely where, you know, I've, I've just conceded obvious points. You know, you're having a debate with someone and there's like, oh, well, what a, what about this thing? And what about this? And I'm like, oh, you know, yeah, you're right. That's, a, that's an obvious point. I can concede that, right? Yeah. But I, I mean, I think that um, the the concept of what can your life, the impact that your life can have is so much more real than all of these things that we're talking about in this big picture that's just kind of always floating out there. You know, we can, we want, char- you know, we all believe that there's, you know, a certain number of soci- uh, in society that um, are having trouble making it, right? <laughs> And but I think we have a big difference on what that number is, whether it's a really small percentage or really big percentage. And I've always fallen back on on some of my friends who are like, you know, hey, you because you know how I feel. I, I believe in this country. You you can do it. You know, you can do it. Everything about my life, everything about the life I've lived. I grew up in nothing, nothing, living in the back of a pickup truck, traveling around, living in restaurants, campgrounds, to owning an eight million dollar a year company, to losing it to losing myself in addiction and all these other things and to come back and create a good life. I know that no one was out there on my side giving me those things. I also know that I couldn't have done it without the help of other people, right? So I know that, but but I, I have this belief in, 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 in people, this amazing belief in people that stems from my belief in self. So I always fall back on that. You know, if, you, if, you're, if your concept is that the deck is, the deck is stacked, that you can't make it in this country because you're a part of this group or coming from this economic background, then take me to the place, you know, take me to, to the neighborhood, to the, the project, the place where people live, where they don't have a chance. Take me there and show me, point out the individuals who can't make it because I don't think you do that, right? You won't give up on an individual, but somehow we give up in the collective sense, right? We say this, these people can't make it. So I think we always need to be striving to make improvements in society. And, and I'm always going to be on that side of things. But at the same time, we have to stop telling people that, that um, there's something that's causing them to not be happy that, and I'm talking about happiness. I'm talking about health. I'm talking about wealth. I'm talking about anything that, you know, one of the things that, that really drove me towards becoming um, a Buddhist was this that the Buddha said it's it's on you you know it's all on you your happiness is on you your suffering is on you you create it internally and you know on the surface a lot of my friends are like dude you're confused man how can you be a Buddhist libertarian you know those two don't make sense to me but they actually make perfect sense yeah they make perfect sense the 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 key the secret to to life is is in us and when we're when we identify the things that are standing in our way then you've already taken yourself out of the game. And I, I see it just, it's, it's part of my life to deal with this every single day, day in, day out. Um, most of the time it's from, you know, the, the person who has, you know, 100, 200 pounds to lose and their, their health is breaking down on them or they're lost in addiction. And, 
You know, you turn on the news and, and all you hear is how, you know, it's the food manufacturers and it's, and it's you know, your, your metabolism and your thyroid condition and your cortisol levels and, you know, that addiction is this disease that's impossible to beat and you need to be, you know, we need to look at drugs to solve it. All these things that just take the power away from the individual. Yeah, well, you know, something that I've definitely learned from you is that, and, and I see it a lot in all my friends, even sometimes in myself, is that when you want to achieve something, they're like, oh, well, I can't. But if you ask that person why they can't, they stutter a little bit because they don't know why they can't. Yeah, or even more importantly, like what I love to say when people say I can't is I go, yeah, well, if you could, what would it look like? You know what I mean? Because it forces them to work backwards from the premise, which is always where we find the most you know, strength, the most, the most authentic activated self we have is when we stop questioning whether we can do it and start figuring out how we can do it. Wow. We're running out of time. And, um, you know, I need to do like a whole podcast on this, on the, we are Superman podcast, because we could probably spend two hours going into depth. I actually even had some things that I want issue by issue, you know, that to go through <laughs> from that libertarian Buddhist perspective, which is, I guess what the DC perspective really is, but, um, we'll have to save that for another day. So, um, please, uh, go to the website. If you're, you're curious about, um, more about my personal story, you can, you can learn some on there. It's we are superman.com. Um, uh, my publicist would probably kick me in the seat of the pants if I didn't give you a shameless book plug here before the before the holiday season. But uh, you can uh, get a copy of Out There, A Story of Ultra Recovery, which is my journey from 320-pound um, alcoholic to a uh, marathon runner. And if you shoot me a message on Twitter, Instagram, any of that stuff, I'd be happy to even personalize one for a loved one. Um, and that's it. I, ho I hope you guys are doing well. Have a great day. Make a great day. And we'll see you next week.